following program is intended for mature audiences. The time is now for the hardest hitting, yet completely trivial, football show on the planet. You are in rarefied territory. Ladies and gentlemen, well, well to the broken helmet. Let's rock. And coming to you live on tape with a snap for Monday, May 1st, the beginning of the month. Get all your portfolios, dust them off, start your performance back at zero. It's the first of the month. Did I just fucking do that? I did. Anyway, May 1st, 2023, we are still evaluating all of our draft picks from the prior weekend. Meanwhile, there is a full slate of professional sports playoff activity tonight. We have a Game 7, Devils, Rangers at the Rock. Hoping for good results. And for me, that would be a Devils win. Obviously, if you're a Ranger fan, it would be the complete opposite. We also got the 76ers going Sons, Joel Embiid against the Boston Celtics. Game one of that series. And then we also have game two of the Suns Nugget series. Suns going to be looking to get on the board before Kevin Durant and company go down 0-2 in that series. See if they can right the ship there. But this podcast, my friends, is about professional football. So enough of all that other shit. As we look at what uh, stories are a brewing in the National Football League, not much, to be honest, not much at all. Uh, there were uh, there was an addition for the Jets after they got Rochambeau for the Georgia uh, tackle in the draft. They won when their buddy Bill Belichick ended up trading with the Steelers. So they turn around and they went and grabbed Billy Turner. So those not familiar with Mr. Turner, uh, he started uh, seven games last year for the Broncos. And if it's still not ringing a bell, he actually played for the Packers before that. So they bring in a familiar face for Mr. Rogers. We're going to do not really Packers East, but, you know, they, they brought in Lazard. Now they got Turner, Hackett's there, so... It's just kind of an it's kind of like a Rogers East, right? Uh, I don't know who else they could have brought in. Uh, Randall Cobb, right? He likes Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb always goes wherever uh, Mister Rogers goes because for some reason, you know, I, <laughs> Randall Cobb has produced something over his career that makes him super desirable for Mr. Rogers. That that didn't happen. But anyway, um, so they did go and get some offensive line help after they did not get alignment in the draft uh, at, that they desired, at least. Um, then we had some fifth-year option news. We had the Broncos picking up Jerry Judy's fifth-year option, so he will get paid. But we had the Baltimore Ravens saying no... <laughs> To Patrick Queen. 
Uh, Patrick Queen, obviously, he was a first-round pick 2020. They've always had stud linebackers in Baltimore. High hopes for him when he was drafted. And if you've been following any Baltimore football, you know that they are not so pleased with Mr. Queen. And that is now very apparent after the draft because not only did they not pick up his fifth-year option yesterday, that was made apparent as they went and they drafted the same position linebacker in the draft. They grabbed in the third round Clemson's Trenton Simpson. Trenton Simpson. And Simpson plays the same fucking position. So I was reading, I, I guess the Queen said something on uh, on his, not his Facebook, his, uh, not his Instagram, maybe his Twitter, Twitter in, or Instagram or something, and made some kind of comment uh, about the draft pick when they picked up Simpson there in the third round. And they obviously last year made the trade for Roquan Smith. So you bring in Smith, you bring in Simpson, uh, you know, you already knew what they thought about Queen because they have made it apparent everybody and their brother knew it. So now I would imagine, I, you know, he is on the outs, if not before the year is done, uh, definitely after the year is done. So anybody that wants uh, a, a linebacker in his make and mold, feel free to consider Patrick Queen for your rosters in 2024. Uh, other stories. Oh, the Bills. I like this was so the Bills didn't get any running backs in the draft. Um, they obviously lost Singletary in the offseason. And so they ended up going and signing Latvius Murray. Like, huh? Ah! Latvius Murray. 33 years old. Been around forever. I thought his career was over so long ago, and then he somehow stuck around. Now, this, to me, feels just like a, a training camp, uh, you know, training camp fill. Uh, maybe he makes the final roster. Who who knows? You know, so the Bills had went and tried to fill out the backfield by grabbing Harris, uh, Damian Harris, that is, from the Patriots, who, you know, I, I don't know. Bigger back, gets hurt a bunch. Uh, loved when he was truly healthy. And was able to grind it out for the Pats. But, um, you know, it wasn't a full season ever. So they'll be going with, I guess now, Harris. They also, remember, they made the trade for Naheem Himes last year. So he'll be back there with Harris and now Latvius Murray. So a odd backfield, uh, you know, if you ask me. But you never know. I, You know, Harris, when you look at his stats, you know, nothing super impressive. But, you know, within those games, he has had big games. So his best year coming in 2021, he had almost 1,000 yards on the ground through 15 games. It was for an average of 4.6 yards a carry, and he had 15 touchdowns. So it's not like he's junk. He's still young, 26 years old, good pedigree coming out of Alabama. Um, You know, it's just that he's been banged up, and, you know, running backs are nowadays a dime a dozen. So uh, even with Harris there in the backfield, it wasn't enough confidence for the Bills not to go out and get somebody. The odd odd thing about this story is that they went out and they grabbed Latvius Murray, all 33 years of him. So go figure. Um, let's see if there's anything else. There's really not. It's a, it's a slow Monday. Don't want to make anything else. There There's an awful story coming out of Tampa Bay. Unfortunately, uh, Shaquille Barrett lost his young daughter. Um, it's not really a football story, but thoughts uh, thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers out to Shaquille Parrott uh, as a father of two. I couldn't even imagine what that would be like. 
Um, and obviously a, a tragic story. So, again, uh, you know, prayers out to the Barrett family. Um, and then that, that's really about it. I don't want to make t- too much here out of a whole lot of nothing <clears throat> as I uh, choke on my own phlegm. But uh, there just wasn't a whole lot going on. You're, you're hearing stories out of the draft that some some of them are just headline stories. I think there was a podcast between what, where did I read? Foxworth and Bamani Jones. And I don't know if it's an ESPN affiliated podcast, but they were basically talking about how uh, it, it was talking about black quarterbacks and how there was a lot of them and how Will Levis got uh, basically bypassed and fell in the second round. And then I did not hear the podcast, so I'm doing this off of an article that I read. But the point that they were trying to make was that the NFL is, I, I, I don't know if it was Jones or Foxworth, but one of the two had said, watch, because the NFL is going to make some some kind of move. Something's going to happen in the near future because the NFL thinks that their fans are racist and they're not going to be able to handle uh, the quarterback position being, you know, predominantly black males. Uh, well, it wouldn't be black females. Well, not yet. <laughs> you never know what's going on nowadays. It's fucking crazy. Uh, not so. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, point being, I look, this is like coaches. This is like everything else that I've said. And I, I don't want to turn anything in the, into the podcast into a uh, crazy race debate. I'll leave that to Dan Lebetard still do that. Dan Lebetard loved to do that. Uh, when I was a 790 ticket, that fucking guy, it never met a race conversation that he did not like. Um, but I have said this with my brother. Uh, I will say it again. Uh, it's probably terrible, boring podcasting, but the NFL is built for one thing and one thing only, and that is victory, wins, Super Bowl trophies. And the all the owners want the same thing, and that is simply to win. All the owners, eh, maybe not. You know, Schneider definitely in a in a different field, a league all of his own, if you will. However, he will be out of the league soon enough. Um, there are owners and general managers who just flat out stink. <laughs> There are others that are phenomenal, but I don't know any Son Schneider who just blatantly are not trying to win this thing. I, I'm again, some of them put their tr- some owners put their trust in the wrong hands. Um, some are just too involved. Hello, Jerry Jones. But for the most part, the only thing that owners care about is winning, and the only people that care more about winning than owners is the fans. So you could have 30, 32, make it all 32. If 32 NFL franchises, always starting, starting quarterbacks who are all black. And I hate to break it to you. Nobody's going to give a shit. None. None are going to care. All they want to do is win. You know, and so if the quarterback sucks, they're going to want him out just like they want uh, any shitty quarterback out, regardless of race, color, or creed. That's just the way that it goes. So um, I, I know that the 
the racial conversations grab a lot of juice and a lot of lightning uh, in today's day and age. Um, I definitely, you know, you can't help but notice the volume of black quarterbacks getting drafted because it is something in the past five to ten years that is, you know, and more so toward the five years than the ten years. But it is a new trend. Um, The rationale for that is, you know, plentiful. There's just more black quarterbacks in the college ranks now. The college systems, which usually did not translate to professional football. You know, remember, the NFL was way different, way different um, about 10, easily 20 years ago. But, I mean, it really was... The Colts-Patriots game, if I was to try to put, you know, a pin in something. But that Colts-Patriots game where the Colts turned around and bitched, moaned, complained, threw a fucking hairy fit because the Patriots just punched them right in the face. And uh, was it the AFC Conference Championship? I can't remember what it was. But they went to the rules committee and basically changed the rule book. The Colts put up fucking such a hairy fit. They said, that is not football. You know, you just fucking blasting our wide receivers and playing so physical and that, that that shit's not football, you know, and had enough pull in order to get the rules changed. And ever since it has been a slow decline toward defenseless football, if you will. Um, and yes, there's still big hits. There's still defense, but it is not anything the way that it used to be. Right, and as a result, you have seen a lot more open field systems that are able to, you know, attack that open field motion. You've just seen a lot of college systems, and you know, if you read, you'll read about like high school systems that make their way, you know, through all the way up to the to the pro ranks. Right? I mean, it's like copy cut, copycat league. Right? It always has been, but. With the inclusion of all these various systems and the ability to do more with the professional offense because it can't be neutered by sheer physicality uh, like it used to be, you know, you have seen obviously, you know, a greater variety of quarterback coming into the league. And a lot of those tend to be black quarterbacks because there is just the volume of those quarterbacks in the college ranks. So, I mean, one could say it was probably just a matter of time. I mean, shit, Michael Vick came, and they thought Michael Vick was going to revolutionize the position. And he did on the ground. Unfortunately, he just wasn't that great of a passer at the time. I would have loved to have seen. Now, remember, you know, Vick came back with the Eagles that one year and had that phenomenal fucking season. But, I mean, Vick was probably 15 years ahead of his time. Right, he was the early two thousands. I mean, can you imagine if Michael Vick came out today with what he's able to do on the ground, and then the arm that he has, and all the space that wide receivers are able to attain in the current modern NFL game? I mean, that's that's the one player I feel like we all missed out on his true potential. Now, dogs will argue with me. Because, uh, you know, obviously there was an incident there. However, I mean, 
for in in my era, the one player that I wish could have been in a different era is Michael Vick. I just I would have loved to have seen him in today's modern NFL because I think he would have he'd fucking tear it up. I mean, I don't even think it would be close. I think he would just fucking light the the league on fire. But anyway, I this whole thing started just talking about uh, you know. The perceived notion from Foxworth and Pomont Jones that, uh, you know, people can't handle the black quarterbacks or fans can't or their, uh, you know, their thought and idea that the NFL thinks that the NFL's fans are, you know, rate, and I guess racist, you know, I, I don't even know. I, again, I didn't listen to the podcast, so I'm putting words in people's mouths, which I shouldn't really do, but I just read it and I, I thought it was interesting because, again, it just runs contrary to, like, my primary thought about the NFL and that is everybody plays to win and so I think that's why you've seen what you've seen in the league with the evolution of the offensive systems I think it is why you see more black quarterbacks in the league right now because they're the better talents they run the systems better I you know I mean it is what it is you know you want to win you're going to grab the best talent you know and I, I do these quarterbacks translate to 1990s NFL football. That I don't know. I don't I I would argue probably not because the systems in place at that time weren't built around these quarterback skill sets, right? Which is a little bit more at, uh, on athleticism, right? So it was more a, a a lean toward, you know, traditional non-mobile pocket passers. Right. You know, I mean, back back then, like Steve Young was outside the norm because of his scrambling ability. Right. Randall Cunningham uh, was another one that had good scrambling ability. Uh, I'm, I'm probably missing some. And, you know, fans of the 70s and 60s are probably like, oh, you're forgetting about. OK, I, I get it. I'm not going to get everybody. But um, point being is that, you know, the offenses just simply didn't embrace the aspects of the game that now, you know, come in pretty handy. RPOs and, you know, look at, I mean, look at Lamar Jackson, right? Uh, Lamar Jackson actually might have fit better back in the 90s than he does now because his game is so run heavy. And he's not like the Michael Vick where it's like, yeah, well, you know, I mean, Vick runs around like Barry Sanders and then he can throw the ball. like You know, I mean, Lamar Jackson... You know, whether you want to believe it or not, I mean, the feature of his game that's better than the others is the run game, right? And it's pr- primarily why I'm not a huge fan, especially of signing him for one, because I, he gets injured a lot. It's his game. You know, he, he might have been fun to watch back in the 90s, right? Where he was barreling over people, you know, as, as a running back. But he probably would have just gotten hurt more because, like I said, it was just a way more physical and close game back then. You want to you want something to blow your mind. Go try to get your hands on like I used to collect uh, <laughs> Super Bowls on VHS, and I used to watch them. I think I got about like six or seven. I don't even know where they are anymore. Fucking you know, ever since VHS went down. But um, like, go watch one one of the old Steelers Cowboys Super Bowls. Right, I mean, it, they're tough to watch because the broadcast just didn't cover a lot of the game. So you're, the camera like cuts off the entire secondary. It, it's just a tough watch. But God, they're so close to each other. The linemen and the fucking running backs and everybody's in like, there, there's no space, 
right? It looks like the running backs are like four yards from from the quarterback or like from the actual ball. You know, it's like two yards in between the quarterback and the running back and then the tailback is behind the fullback. I mean, everything is just so close to the line of scrimmage. It's just contact right away. Um, no space. There's just no movement. It's just, uh, it's just different. But you want to kick, get your hands on one of those old Super Bowls and watch that shit. And you'll, you'll see how the games come along. But, um, you know, just to go back to uh, the thought that I believe that teams try to win, owners try to win, and fans want winning football. And that's ultimately all they care about. And, you know, the NFL, just like everything else, is going to change over time. And you're going to see all kinds of things change. Right? I, I mean, eventually, you know, I'm sure the offense will change even more as they shy farther and farther away from from contact. You know, I, I mean, it's, it's CTE research comes out and it's not going to get better. It'll probably only get worse. I mean, that's why the NFL kind of moved here to make, well, moved here. What Why they made the moves they did to get to a spot where they've kind of put it in the back, back rearview mirror and come to the agreement, hey, look, everybody knows what they're getting into. Good. We're off. Right. And obviously on the lower levels with youth football all the way to high school football, and college, you know, the contact had become, you know, at a bare minimum. I mean, the days of doing triple sessions in high school, I, th- I think they're illegal now. I don't even think that you can, at least in New Jersey, do triple sessions anymore, right? And and the contact that you used to have in practice, I, I was talking to my old high school football coach. I was having a cigar with him uh, at a local uh, cigar shop and a couple other guys that played football, and he was just talking about, yeah, shit, you can't do anymore. You just can't do it. So, you know, the, the game is going to change. It will continue to change. And you'll see all kinds of, of change up and down the thing. Uh, you know, I mean, hell, I, if you didn't hear about it, well, let me, um, I forgot her I forgot her name. I'm going to cancel because I forgot her name. But you saw your first female, uh, um, what do you call it? agent get the biggest contract ever. Um, I forgot her name. Uh, something Smith. Anyway, um, the, but the female representative for what do you call it for Jalen Hurts you know that would have been unheard of you know and so you get your first female with a big monster contract and I'm sure that'll just become you know kind of like an afterthought you know you might not even think about that in 20-30 years because there's just as many female represent representatives as male agents so you know, you're just going to see changes across the board. I mean, look at broadcasting. Broadcasting used to be, you know, male only, and to that extent, you know, a white only as well. If you think back, you know, 80s broadcasting, 70s broadcasting. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of diversity. You know, you look at broadcast now. I mean, it, there's, you know, color wise, you know, it's a fucking rainbow. And if you want to look at genders, there's female broadcasters all over the place now. Right, I mean, maybe not so much in football. You know, football, not so much. But in all these other sports, I mean, God. You know, I mean, basketball, you, you know, you, you got a bunch. And then hockey. I mean, hockey's got girls up and down broadcasts all over the place. So, you know, you just see things change as time moves on, right? And, you know, to an extent, I think that in all of those things, it's all about the best. You know, the best people get the jobs. I don't know right now if we're in 
well, at least like broadcasting. I don't know if we're in that era yet. I think it's going to be enforced a little bit, but eventually, I think down the road, it will just be whoever the best is out there, and that that's who's getting the jobs. Right now, you know, they were going through a transition where we might be forcing the hand uh, of the general watching public, as uh, some of these broadcasters are not up to snuff. Uh, Emily Kaplan, God. Damn, I can sideline reporter for hockey. It's such a bore. Such a bore. God, the cookie cutter. The cookie cutter uh, sideline reporters have got to go. Because no offense to all of you, none of you bring anything to the table. Not a one of you. It's not a one. And there's a reason, my opinion, that you're usually all attractive females. It's because I, I, I don't think the production team gives a shit about what's going on with you. It's just something to throw to <clears throat> in the meantime. Um, should it be that way? I you know, I don't think there's much you can do with this island reporter. You know, I think it's a junk position and should just get X Nate. That's what I think. Because I don't care if you're a female, male, or whatever the fuck you are. There's nothing for you to provide. You know, there's an injury. Let's go down to Barbara on the sidelines. Barbara, what happened? Well, you know, uh Tim went into the into the blue tent, and uh, it looks like he's going to be out for the rest of the game. Okay, thank you. Um, I probably thought that because Tim couldn't walk off the goddamn fucking field because he blew his knee out and his ACL bent backwards, but thank you, uh, Barbara, for letting us know. Uh, as I'm choking here, pardon me, but uh, anyway, like I said, silent reporters, gone. But Emily Kaplan, you should be gone before silent reporters are gone. Just rotate somebody else in there. She's so bad. She's hockey, by the way, if I didn't mention that. Uh, and if I did, then I just repeated myself. So anyway, like I said, uh, not a whole lot going on. Uh, and I'm off into the wild blue yonder. And so why don't we just wrap it up there? And so hopefully we get uh, a little more juice as the week goes on. But I think we're going to hit a little slow period here. So uh, to all of you, enjoy your Mondays, Monday nights. Uh, go Devils! And then we'll talk again tomorrow. Peace.